want to go live on video but are a bit unsure where to start? Or maybe you already go live a lot but you are scared to sell. Download for free the Live Authentic Storytelling Guide. Six steps to infuse storytelling into your live videos. You'll get practical structure to help you convert your audience from raving fans to loyal customers. Go to www.livestorytellingguide.com and get your free guide today. This is the Creative Soulpreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Demas. Let's go. Michelle, welcome to the show. Thank you, Nick. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I have wanted to do this episode for a bit of time because my students all know you, but Mm -hmm. the audience may not know you because you are the behind the scenes magic person, (laughs) the fairy behind the fairy godfather. (laughs) You are, that. <laughs> you are, you're the fairy behind the fairy godfather who makes everything tick at Nick Demas Media. Michelle, welcome to the show. Thank you. And I'm, I'm claiming that as a title of mine now. So thank you for that. Yes. The fairy behind the fairy. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> so, okay. So for the audience, the students that, the, those that aren't yet students, notice that's a presupposition. Those that aren't yet students or clients Tell everyone what it is that you do at Nick Demas Media. Where do I begin? <laughs> well, <laughs> no, I mean, I think the I get to create with you. I get to collaborate with you. You know, like we have our weekly meetings and we plan all the things and we make sure that they're in line with your big visions and your quarterly visions and I figure out the ways to get them done and I do the things, especially if they're tech related and, and I help you come up with other ideas too, that I feel fit in with your vision. Yeah. I think that being a visionary, every visionary needs, uh, you know, what in the online space is either called an OBM, an online business manager or an integrator. You know, I come from the nonprofit world. That's the managing director or the executive director for the visionary person, right? And what you really do for me is keep me in line because (laughs) I have this tendency to have idea here, idea there, idea here, idea there, popping everywhere. And one of the greatest things that you do is you, not only do you take those ideas and then amplify them, like make them 10 times better than I could possibly do, but you also question them which is really powerful and really important and say, well, why, why are you thinking that way, Nick? You know, what is that? Are you sure? Like, if you are sure, we'll do it. We'll make it happen. But are you sure? Which is really, really important and vital. And yes, for having a tech business, I am the least techie person in the entire world. So it is possible for anybody out there who is not techie to have a tech job have a job that's online to have a business that is online based and not be a techie because you hire amazing, powerful human beings like Michelle to help you. (laughs) Thank you. Now I have a question for you. And this is funny because I realized in the shower this morning when I was thinking about this, 
that I didn't know the answer to this very simple, it might not be simple, but in my mind, simple question that I've never asked you before, which is because we got, we got introduced by a mutual friend, our mutual friend, Morgana McCabe-Allen, who was like, mm-hmm. you two need to work together. She just knew, like, she just had the idea that the fairy and behind the fairy needed to, like, coexist. And, but I don't know how you got into the online business and the online space. How did you find yourself here? Ooh, good question. So the overview is that I, you know, I had been working as a social worker and I was a nonprofit fundraising director for a domestic and sexual violence center. I was also an adjunct professor at a university for the social work program. And I had a family member who was in crisis and I needed to be able to take care of that person. And I was trying like all kinds of different ways to work from home. And I got pulled into this funnel while I was like doing medical transcription I found like Facebook funneled me into this thing about you can be a mom and have a business. And I'm really grateful for that. I learned a lot about that funnel and funnels in general, which like I wouldn't necessarily repeat the way that funnel was done, but it did get me into this world. And I met Morgana pretty soon after that. And she kind of really helped me focus my business initially as a copywriter. And then when she connected you and I, it was like, oh, wait, like I, I need to like have my hands on everything in the business. I, I can't just do the copywriting piece of it. So that's how it went. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, it it is a huge valuable tool that you have that you're a copywriter for the, you know, I, I write my own copy just so everyone knows for a lot of businesses they hire copy out, but I love to write copy. I'm a writer, so I love to write. And so I have since I was a child, but you always look at the copy, you scan it, you say, think about this, think about that. You know, it's, it's almost like a school teacher in a way. You're like red pen. You know I mean? like if we had a red pen, you'd be red penning my, my copy, which is really valuable and really helpful. It's one of the things that you really bring a great eye to to the business. What are some of the challenges that you have seen in working with me? <laughs> what a question. Oh boy, way to, way to put me on the spot, Nick. <laughs> I, I really think a lot of it has just been my own growth as a person. Like I started as a copywriter because I thought that's where my skill set fit best. And then like immediately upon working with you and and telling you about my stage manager background, I think that's where we both clicked and were like, wait a second, stage manager skills. And just like focusing more and more on what I can do better as a human and for your business and like learning to grow. And my plans for the next quarter or two to start building a pool of subcontractors that I can delegate more things, you know, and that's, that's a big, scary thing for me. So I guess the biggest challenges are just, like I said, continuing to grow and expand as a person. Yeah. I think that, you know, as you grow, I grow, as I grow, you grow, the business grows and those that come um, sort of underneath that, right? Yes, we have some subcontractors. We have a virtual assistant. We have a podcast editor. Right. We have a video editor. Like we have some, but to have 
more on a regular basis for you would be a beautiful, you know, growth for the business and for you personally, and obviously for me, for me as well. And I think that's one of the, the stage manager <laughs> part of it. I think yes. yeah, the minute I connected into, oh, stage manager, that's, that's like your integrator. That is your integrator. That's the person right. that's doing all the stuff to make it all happen. Right. When that clicked for me with you, I was like, oh, this is far more than copy. This is far more right. than, than that. And the, the potential that I saw and see in you and your growth has been incredible to be a part of, to witness, to, you know, to lift up as best I can, at, as far as I can at, at this point. And the more that the, my business grows, the more that your role will hopefully be able to grow with it. But yeah. I also want to chat about this last year that you've had, because um, of growth, it has been yeah. a personally, personal year of immense I don't want to put words in your mouth. So I'm just going to ask you, what has this past year been for you? If you want to share a bit of what you've gone through and then the lessons that you've learned. Sure. Well, you know, I, where do I start? So, okay. So the end of last year felt very promising for me. I was turning 40 and I had auditioned for a professional a show near me and gotten a part, which is like a huge childhood dream of mine. And I just felt like things were, you know, like some things had happened last year too, but overall I felt like things were really moving in a good direction. And I was, you know, rehearsing for my play, which was a little challenging because of COVID. Um, we had to do a lot of it by Zoom. We finally got into the theater and had to push the date back. And then during the third, it might have actually been the night of the, one of the days of the first run. It was a four, a run of four shows. My retina detached. And I didn't know what had happened at first. I just was like, this probably isn't good. I can't see out of the bottom corner like the bottom half of my eye it was completely black and even in my performance like I was looking at people and I couldn't really see their faces completely so that was really challenging but since it happened over the weekend I was like I'll just wait I'll get through these shows I'm not like quitting you know in the middle of these shows and when I went into the doctor's office all I could think about was like you know it was a very somber overall Uh, mood when I was explaining my symptoms and I was like oh gosh and when the doctor came in to talk to me all I was thinking was like I can't I can't quit the show like whatever he tells me like I I have to be able to finish this show and that's basically what the conversation was like back and forth until he said if you don't have the surgery you will go blind and lose this eye and that's when like everything just came tumbling down. Um, So yeah, long story short, I did have to quit the show. And the first surgery required me to lay in bed on my left side for two weeks. And so that was really isolating. And I felt like I lost a lot of momentum in my business and in my life. And I felt very supported by you and my family, I want to say, but that was 
challenge number one that was just like took the wind right out of my sails. Yeah. Talk to me about going back to that childhood dream. Mm -hmm. Because you do have a theater background, obviously. You were stage manager, but you were actually stepping onto the stage professionally, which you hadn't done before. But yet it was a childhood dream of some sort. Yeah. What did that mean? Yeah, I had, well, I had performed in high school, but that was the last time I had performed. And in high school, it was, you know, theater was like what got me through high school. And it was. I hear you. Yeah. Exactly. All the theater kids out there, you know what I'm talking about. Like years later, I would still have dreams. Every now and then I'll have a dream where I'm like, I'm in a play, but I'm in high school, but then I realize I'm an adult and I'm like, what's going on? (laughs) So, but it was, you know, it, that was my passion because I loved being seen. I, I loved the, like the, as a, you know, person, sometimes I, you know, I'm very introverted and I may struggle to show up as myself, but on the stage, I could be as crazy as I wanted to and make people laugh. And it was wonderful. And so that was just a dream that I had always kept like buried deep down inside, but kind of thought like, oh, that's, that's past me now. So. Yeah. And then there it was. And then you had this disappointment, but I can only, I can't imagine, honestly, of hearing, you know, you're going to go blind if you don't have the surgery. Yeah. That had been really scary. It was terrifying. It was just like, and I know he had to be blunt because I was just hanging on to any possibility that I could still do the show. So he had to be as blunt as possible. But yeah, it was just, you know, and I hadn't remembered, but um, a family member reminded me that I used to be so terrified of anything to do with eyes and I, I guess luckily I have like grown past that, but still the idea of like completely losing my vision and in that eye was just, I couldn't wrap my head around it. Yeah. Well, thankfully you did have the surgery. Thankfully yes. you did lay on your side for two yes. weeks, <laughs> which, you know, I think we text a bit, but cause you couldn't be on screens either. Yeah. Right. So that we checked right. a bit here and there, yeah. but obviously that was that was a time where you had to go inward. What did you learn during that time? Mm, that's a good question. Um, I I spent a lot of it meditating at first, like meditating on healing and that type of thing. I had to be cared for. My husband was like, which trust me, he does most of the cooking anyway, but he was doing all the cooking and like. I would just get out of bed briefly to eat and like go back to bed. And I guess I, I had set my sights in my 40th year to do this play and be adventurous and all these other things that I hadn't gotten to do during the pandemic. And that just really drove it home. Like not actually not physically being able to do anything was like, oh my gosh, like I have to, I have to live my life. I have to do these things like, you know, cause the Florida was never really like, you know, how Florida is um, there. It was, <laughs> there wasn't, there weren't as many restrictions here. So yeah. it, even when things started to open up, I was still kind of like in that little pandemic shell, like, Ooh, the world's scary. And so I really was like, 
wow, when I have the health and I have the ability, like I cannot take that for granted. And also after meditating so much, I was just like, okay, this is becoming obsessive and not great for my mental health. There just needs to be a point where I have to accept what is. And that was only part one of acceptance. (laughs) So it wasn't like, oh, I'm great. It was just like meditating is not going to like instantly make everything better. So yeah, that first level of acceptance, accepting what is, you know, you're a, you're a doer and a giver. Mm -hmm. And you had mm-hmm. to just sit. Right. Ultimately. Yes. Yeah. That was really hard. <laughs> so you said part one. When did part two of acceptance come into play? So a few months later in May, I was finally like driving again. And there were some other, you know, stressful situations going on. And I was like, hmm, my, my eye had started to like, my vision had started to improve some, but then all of a sudden it was like starting to not look good again. And they told me that it had started to detach again and I needed a second surgery. And luckily I didn't have to lay in bed for that one. Thank goodness. That was a huge win, but it was you know, a big financial stressor and a big, like, then I started questioning, like, okay, how long is this process actually going to take? Because they already told me during the second surgery that um, they had to put oil in my eye and that there would be a third surgery to take the oil out a few months later. And meanwhile, this is causing a cataract to form too. So, so then it was just like, I really, this process is taking a lot longer than I thought it was going to, like, are they going to keep coming back and telling me that's going to be this and that? And so there was a lot of like anger and just not great feelings for a while and waking up every day being like, Ooh, is my vision better? Ooh, is, you know, like after the second surgery, just like every testing my eye, like so many times a day to see if my vision looked any better, still not being able to drive again. And at one point I was just like, I may never have the vision that, you know, I had before I may, won't. I've saved my eye, like in the sense that I have some vision and, you know, it's not like deteriorating or anything like there's blood supply going to it and stuff like that. But I just was like, I'd rather accept the fact that my vision may never be what I want it to be than like think about it all day long. Mm. So mm. that's a big surrender. That's yeah. a big surrender to allow yourself to say it may never be the same again. But you right. know, that's the idea that life is never the same again, right? We take a breath. And we exhale, and that's the end of that. And it's never the same again. But that's a really massive shift to make within the self. And I remember during that process, during that time, the stress level that you were under, the strain that you were under, trying to be supportive, obviously, as much as I could. But I knew, without knowing, you, know, you weren't saying it, you weren't bringing it to work, you know, right. but I knew, right, that you were really struggling 
And it was hard mm -hmm. as not only as somebody that you work with, but also as a friend mm -hmm. to to right. watch you go through that and to, you know, see you struggling. Were there days mm -hmm. of depression? Oh, yeah. And that's even after I surrendered, like it was like another layer, you know, like I, I think back then it was more anxiety and, you know, and then it was like I was still using a lot of, you know, different healing modalities and stuff to help myself feel better. But then I think the not driving is a huge part of it. And then just, I think it just, it's not all about the eye. It's just, again, that whole, like having to think about, like you said, life never being the same. And then thinking about like, what else is going on in my life that is hard for me to accept the change of. And some of it is just like things that everybody goes through, like my kids growing up. Or, you know, just friendships changing because we're in different stages of, of our lives. But on top of it, I think it's hard. Obviously, nobody likes being depressed. But what it has revealed is, like, all these things that I wasn't really feeling and grieving. Hmm. It, it's almost like, and this sounds kind of funny, but almost as if, with the cloudiness that you were experiencing in your eye, you're gaining clarity mm -hmm. within the self. Yep. <laughs> I never thought of it like that, but yeah. And yeah. <laughs> you're like, my <"Mic> drop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't have anything to add to that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So as this morning process is happening, as you're still helping me run my business. You have a, mm -hmm. a couple of other clients that you work with part-time as well. Mm -hmm. Like how, mm -hmm. how did you manage all of it? That's a good question. Um, and I, I will say like, I want to make it so clear that so much of it is support, you know, it, no person is an Island and um, you know, thank goodness I've, work with clients like you um and like you're my longest standing client now and it's just like you're like an anchor in my life and you know like you said you I it's not like I was even though we're friends like I'm keeping the professional boundary like not bringing anything to work like sorry I can't you know but um you were checking in on me persistently I had other people checking in on me who could just tell something was off and even, you know, without the depressive part of it, like I had just have, you know, my family and some really great friends who have gone out of their way to give to me in ways that I've given to other people before, but it's, you know, been my turn to like feel what that feels like. So that's a huge piece of it. And where is your eye today? Where are you at with it today? It's still challenging like it's still you know the eye doctor said I can drive anytime I feel ready but I don't feel ready sometimes it seems like normal focus which which is a big win but like when I'm looking with both eyes it, it seems like normal focus but I have no predicting when it will suddenly shift out of focus so it's like it becomes out of focus like double vision what a what a old timey photograph looked where there was like a double exposure. Uh, you know, have you seen those pictures yeah. or it was like two. Yeah. So 
yeah. So obviously when I'm driving, if I were driving, like that could be pretty scary when all of a sudden, I, you know, when I'm a passenger in the car, sometimes it looks like there's a car coming in my lane, but it's, it's not, it's in the other lane. And, you know, when I try to put makeup on, which is rare, but like things like that, where I have to close one of my eye, that eye that it's just like, whoa, like, you know, so I can't really see anything significantly like. Well, and the driving thing must be difficult because you don't live in a place where you don't live in a walkable city. Right. And so there's got to be a sense of not trapped isn't really the right word, but I don't know. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but like, it's rough. Trapped is pretty accurate. Yeah, (laughs) no, it's, I mean, like, and it's my other, you know, I, I work with a program where I stage manage and, and teach kids theater. And that's like an hour away from me once a week. So that's a pretty significant time of people driving me there and driving back and then somebody else coming to pick me up and, you know, and then like, yeah, anything that I might want to do that's not in this town, which I'm not going to say much about right now, is it's hard. <laughs> it's just hard to like get yes I I need to be able to drive to do things that I I enjoy doing other than like walking in my neighborhood and and stuff like that which I do love and I do to help with my my mental health but yes it is challenging to not just be able to like go somewhere and what do the doctor doctors say or do they know even yeah so when I went for my checkup to schedule the the surgery to take the oil out some scar tissue had developed. So that is, it's like kind of tugging on the retina and it's causing some distortion, but it's not as pressing of an emergency because of the oil is still in there kind of like holding the retina in place. Mm -hmm. So I need that surgery now to have the scar tissue removed. You're going to make it. You're going to be okay. I know. What advice would you have for somebody who may be going through something similar? I would say I did have a lot of people offer in the beginning when I had the first surgery, like, oh, I know somebody who went through this. Like, do you want me to connect you? And I said no, and I'm okay with that because I am a very internal, like, I I really have to, like, figure things out on my own first before I know how I can receive help. But if you are that, you know, more extroverted, like, I, I want to know how other people felt going through this. Like, that seems like it would be a good thing. If you are a person who needs to process, that that could be a good thing. And I would just say, in general, if there's a tool that's supposed to, like, help you feel better, um, that everybody's talking about, oh, this, you know, will help you, like, try it. If it doesn't work for you, like, don't beat yourself up about that. Like, no tool is for every person, but they're there are other tools out there. And, you know, I mentioned meditation. I still do that. I do yoga nidra. I have been taking your pranayama course, which I love. The breath work is so good. And, you know, tapping. There's just a lot of things that I've done, like, to help me when I am. I know there's a feeling there, but I can't figure out what it is. And I know I need to let it go. So those are the kind of things I do. Yeah, tools from the toolbox, basically, to manage the dysregulated system, because your system is completely dysregulated right now. 
and being right. able to find tools to bring you back to your center is vital ultimately. Right. Your mental health, but and your physical health, both. Right. Yeah. So the 40th year, it's not been the one that yeah. you expected, but clearly no. it's been a one of great of great lessons. Um, what yeah. would you say is the greatest lesson of all? Mm. I think it's that's a I'm okay. So the first thing that came to mind, I have to be honest, and I'm, for some reason I was like, no, that's but the first thing that really did come to mind for me personally is learning to receive better. And like, there was still a voice in my head that's like, that's selfish. And, you know, like, it's not that I've never been able to receive help, but what one thing that I actually just learned is that even when I receive help, I feel guilty immediately, not in all occasions, but like, so it's one thing to to receive help. And I think that's where I was getting caught up where I was like, I, I take help all the time or I, you know, receive gifts, but like on certain occasions I've been like, Ooh, I, I burdened that person or, you know, I put them out or something. And, but that's not like true receiving. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and the giving and receiving are tied together, but that's where I'm learning right now with, you know, your your course and some of the other things that I'm learning right now it's how tied together those two things are yeah with every in breath there's an out breath right you can't have one without the the balance of that of of the give the receive and that if one is out of whack one is if one is not you know if you're giving more than you're receiving or if you're receiving more than you're giving Right. There's a disharmony in the universe and then within yourself and others. But that receiving, that's a huge lesson. That's huge. Yeah. And, and I, I, it's not one, it's one that I'm, that I work on myself because you know that I can have a tendency to over, over give in many ways, mm-hmm. even with my students and time and energy mm-hmm. and not necessarily receive. And so, of course, of course, we're, we're mirroring each other. You know, your, yours right. came in a, in a much more dramatic way. <laughs> drama. The drama. The drama queen over here. It's way more drama. But um, oh, wait. I love That's it. what my shirt says today. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. But I, too, am learning that. So, of course, we're parallel learning that together because we're on this path mm-hmm. together. And um I want you to know that I really appreciate you and the year that you've had, even though it's been tumultuous to say the least, you've always been present and you've always been there for my business and for me personally. Mm-hmm. And hopefully I've, I've been able to offer you some comfort and some support as well. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, you're like, I, I think of you as an anchor, like I said, just, you know, like, that steady person in the business life that, and and friend that I can count on and things might fluctuate in the business, but I feel like the, that never impacts our relationship or, you know, it's just it, we go through like some of the crazy waves of the business together. And then it's like, ah, our nice little meetings where we feel centered and like excited about what's happening next. So you know, that is entrepreneurship, right? That is, it's, yeah. it's a crazy wave, right? And you got to ride the wave. And I try to get on that surfboard 
and just write it. And at times it feels yeah. so rocky, but it's really nice to have you there beside me holding my hand, you know, yes. on the way. We're, we're, we're riding the waves together. Yes. So I do truly appreciate you. And I love this, this idea of receiving, of learning to fully receive um, without strings, without the need to, to also give back, right? Sometimes right. just actually need to receive what a great gift you've been given for your 40th birthday happy 40th thank you so much any final thoughts dance follow nick's tiktoks and and dance with him like (laughs) dance it out uh you know like find (laughs) find ways to to have fun and like break up the the seriousness and i i'm not downplaying anything because trust me i i get the depths but like it's it's good to have like those moments where you can just like move your body and feel like that's all that you have to do. So. Love it. Okay. So you take on other clients. So where could somebody reach you to come have you help them in small and big ways in their business? Thank you. So I guess a lot of people find me on Instagram and Facebook instagram.com slash michelle.crowder.solner and you can just look me up on facebook i'm just playing around with linkedin now currently my main offer is a vip day and i only will work with people on an ongoing basis if they do the vip day first but i am working on maybe some other offers for the next quarter good yeah go get a vip day because you are a very important person and Michelle is integral to my business and can really shift and change yours as well. Thank you, Michelle, for coming on and sharing your story of this past year, of this 40th year, and for sharing vulnerably and honestly, and um, also, of course, for being the fairy behind the fairy. (laughs) Well, thank you for being the fairy in front of the fairy and for... (laughs) (laughs) for you know your friendship and your your support and and all of it so if you enjoyed today's podcast episode be sure to leave us a review they're kind of important an apple review goes a long way in spreading the word and dm michelle and let her know what was the moment or an aha or any takeaway that you may have had thank you so much and we'll see you on the next episode